Matt Schaff and Jared Smoll of DraftSharks.com here to look at the top waiver wire options for week seven. Jared, we've got our first 16 buy of the season. We had some impactful week six injuries that we might need to cover in our fantasy lineups this week. We'll hit on one rookie that just might be emerging with no other factors at play here. And we've got some streaming options at QB and defense. Of course, all of the players that we discussed today, plus many more, can be found in our weekly waiver wire pickups article on DraftSharks.com. We've got options there for shallow leagues, average size fantasy leagues, deep leagues, plus one player that we highlight every single week for long-term upside. Not a guy that's necessarily going to help you this week, but somebody that if you stash him, he just might pay off later in the season. We call that grab this guy. It's at the bottom of every single waiver wire article due every week. So check it out now on DraftSharks.com. Jared, for now though, we're going to start with guys that are a bit more help me right now because I'm in serious trouble in my backfield. And we're going to start with Craig Reynolds in Detroit. I would describe this week in general on the wave wire is tricky. There's just a lot of moving parts with most of these backfields, all of these backfields we're going to talk about. Craig Reynolds in Detroit. We know at this point, it sounds very likely that David Montgomery is going to miss at least one game with his rib cartilage injury. Dan Campbell, according to Tim Twentyman of the Lions official website, wouldn't even say for sure that Montgomery wasn't going to go on IR with his injury. So this could be an injury that you know extends beyond one week. It sounds like the Lions truly don't know at this point. Now, the other moving part here is Campbell also made it sound like Jameer Gibbs has a good chance to return this week. So, and if that's the case, you know, we saw back in week three with Montgomery out and Gibbs in Jameer Gibbs got 17 carries and two targets. Craig Reynolds got just four carries and zero targets. So for Reynolds to be usable, you're going to need to have both Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs out this week. Now we did have Zonovan Knight taking three carries in that game. He's on IR. So Divine Ozebo seems like he probably steps into that spot from the practice squad, but you know, maybe we get Craig Reynolds with seven carries. Maybe we get less work for Jameer Gibbs coming off a multi-week hamstring injury. So I agree. You don't want to treat Craig Reynolds this week like I'm definitely starting him if you're picking him up off of waivers. But if you treat him like, a, okay, I need an option and maybe Craig Reynolds has a shot to be helpful for me. That's the level at which you should be considering him on waivers this yeah. week. And frankly, even if Jameer Gibbs is also out, Craig Reynolds is no lock to give you production. So just make sure that you don't overpay for what you're actually getting. Let's also throw in that Detroit is at Baltimore in week seven, which has not been a good rushing matchup. No matter what Derrick Henry's final numbers from last week might suggest to you, it is a better spot against Las Vegas in week eight. So that's an enviable position for Lions running backs. And we'll see exactly where they're at. I'm sure part of their calculation on David Montgomery is that they then have a week nine bye. So if there's a shot that David Montgomery could really use that four weeks to recover, it would be good to go ahead and put him on IR now so that they can have the next two weeks of an extra roster spot to play with. And we'll, we'll have to watch and see what happens on that front. Reynolds is also possibly more of a, like just like a long-term stash than a you know week seven option because you do have Montgomery already hurt. You have Gibbs coming off a hamstring, which we know those you know have a tendency to to you know linger, pop back up again. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's not a good spot for the Lions' offense this week. They have a 19.25 point implied total in Baltimore, which I, I believe is easily their, their lowest of the season. So uh, I agree that Craig Reynolds is somebody maybe you hang on to, not somebody you need to hang on to, but if you got a spot to play with, somebody to stash. Jordan Mason is, I think, contending with Craig Reynolds to be the most interesting running back on waivers this week. Of course, the question for him is twofold. First, we don't know yet if Christian McCaffrey is going to miss any more time. And second, we don't know what Elijah Mitchell's role looks like in his second game back from a knee injury. Yeah, exactly. Another tricky situation. And hopefully we get an update 
on McCaffrey, you know, before your Tuesday night waiver run ends, because Kyle Shanahan wouldn't say much about him when asked on Monday. He said uh, McCaffrey was still undergoing tests. They're not sure if it's just an oblique or if it's an oblique plus the rib injury. And Shanahan made it seem like if it is a rib injury, that would make it tougher for McCaffrey to play on Monday night. That is a Monday night game against Minnesota, which, you know, adds even another, you know, layer of complexity to this whole situation. Because if McCaffrey ends up as, you know, game time decision, the other thing here, as you said, is, you know, Elijah Mitchell and his role in this backfield. I'm going to read the quote from Kyle Shanahan on this backfield because I think it's, it's, you could kind of read it a few different ways. So he said, Elijah Mitchell has earned a ton with us over these years. I think Elijah, when he's healthy, has been as good of a back as there is. He's just had a hard time staying healthy. Hopefully Christian McCaffrey will be good to go this week, but if not, we've got a group of backs that we can rely on. I read that as Mason and Elijah Mitchell are going to be involved. You know, maybe it's something close to a 50, 50 split even. So I I wouldn't be too excited about Mason if McCaffrey ends up out this weekend uh, or Monday night, but you know, he he would definitely be someone who could start for you, especially with six teams on by this week. I agree. It's always a bad idea to assume, you know, too much. I think what we should assume you know to a mild degree is that Elijah Mitchell is the favorite here to fill in for Christian McCaffrey last week was his first game back from a two-week knee injury and it was a very wet game so if anything you're going to be extra cautious with a guy coming off a knee issue in that game especially if the next guy behind him Jordan Mason is somebody that you're fine with you know it's not a huge drop off from Elijah Mitchell but I think that once everybody is healthy everybody not named Christian McCaffrey is healthy I think we should assume Elijah Mitchell gets more work than Jordan Mason. All that said, Jordan Mason's probably the most interesting stash to me this week if you don't need a week seven option because 49ers running back is a highly productive position. You basically have to be really bad to not produce in that position. So if you can just stash Mason, knowing the injury history for Elijah Mitchell, knowing that Christian McCaffrey is now dealing with some injury, I mean, that's somebody that could pay off for you at some point if you can afford to just carry Jordan Mason. Yeah, and Mason has averaged 5.9 yards per carry over the past two seasons. You know, 64 carries, not a huge sample, but also you know one that I think is meaningful enough to to you know tell us that he he can be productive in this offense. They're at Minnesota this week, then versus Cincinnati, then they have a week nine bye. So we'll see if that ends up factoring into when Christian McCaffrey plays or doesn't. The next one up on our list is Latavius Murray, whose situation got a little bit better with Damian Harris's neck injury on Sunday night. It sounds like that's not major. Thank goodness. After he left on a stretcher, it was deemed a neck sprain. Got to figure that Damian Harris misses at least this week against New England. So, Jared, that makes Latavius Murray to me probably as interesting a pickup as Uh, Craig Reynolds for anybody who needs an option this week. Not that Latavius Murray is going to get a bunch of work, but he's in about as good a spot as you can be in terms of the quality of the offense, just to like steal a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, as things stand right now, and again, we're just kind of guessing on Jameer Gibbs status, but I I would rather grab Murray than Craig Reynolds as a week seven play. Again, I, I, I am leaning towards Gibbs being back. And if that's the case, I think Murray is a significantly better option than Craig Reynolds this week. Murray already, you know, last week, season high 12 carries and a season high 49% snap rate. If you just look at Latavius Murray plus Damian Harris this season, combining their usage, nine carries per game, 1.7 targets per game. I think most importantly, 2.2 carries inside the 10-yard line per game, 1.3 carries inside the five-yard line per game. You know, Murray and Harris have kind of been splitting that you know goal line work um, I think I think Murray's going to get most of it now, or you know, at least for as long as Damian Harris is out. 
And the Bills should be a lot better than New England. Of course, they should have been a lot better than the Giants on Sunday night as well. So it should be a good spot for running back opportunities. Speaking of opportunities, it looks like Kyron Williams is going to miss the coming week. Um, Ronnie Rivers is out for probably even longer with a PCL sprain. So the Rams backfield probably features one or two guys that uh, most folks don't even know about. What are we doing with this Rams backfield for week seven? And the Kyron Williams, I mean, Adam Schefter said, quote, it's not considered a long-term injury. But the fact that he's already basically ruled out by um, Sean McVay on Monday tells me it's not totally in- insignificant. And, you know, Maybe he does miss even more than one game. So we'll keep an eye on that. It's just kind of my read based on McVay already saying he's probably not going to play this weekend. So, yeah, Rams are down to Royce Freeman and Zach Evans in their backfield this week. And Royce Freeman's been around. He's 27 years old. This is his sixth NFL season. Career 3.7 yards per carry average for Royce Freeman. 2.9 yards per carry on 97 carries over the last two seasons. So like to me, all Freeman has going for him is like, he's a veteran. He's been in the NFL. Maybe that means something to Sean McVay and he, he, you know, gets in the mix. I think, you know, Zach Evans is definitely the more exciting pickup here. He'd be my bet to lead the Rams and carries this week. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you're going to get anything close to the Kyron Williams workload. I would, I just expect the Rams to go super pass heavy this week, which you know, they had been doing anyways. And I think, you know, with these backfield injuries, it's only going to push them more in that direction. Yeah. I think it's important to make a a few things clear. One, Kyron Williams is not a special talent. That's why he was a day three pick. That's why he didn't really do anything until the start of this season. Didn't test great heading into the league. That said, he has been dominating Rams backfield usage this season, which is why we have enjoyed him in fantasy, not because he's a dynamic performer, but because he's been getting all of the touches. So That tells you a lot about the guys behind him in that Rams backfield. If they won't give any of Kyron Williams's work to anybody else, despite, you know, letting Cam Akers go basically for nothing. So start out expecting nothing from these guys. And then from there, whatever you get from Zach Evans or Royce Freeman is gravy. I would also bet that Zach Evans is the higher upside player here. We also know that NFL coaches like players that they can trust. And that's especially true at running back where it doesn't really matter a whole lot. Most of the time, the variations in talent, if you get somebody that you can trust with the ball or, you know, pass blocking for your quarterback can be at least as helpful to the offense as if you just put the more talented guy in. So if I'm getting either of these guys off of waivers this week, it would be Zach Evans because he does have more per touch upside. He has also let people down since he got to college. So I wouldn't expect big things from him. And then we'll see what signals we get on who's going to work. Just don't figure that somebody has to get the production in the Rams backfield because somebody doesn't, they could get nothing. Yeah. I mean, if you're just looking at these guys for this week, I would put, and again, as things stand now, we'll see about the Detroit backfield and we'll see about the 49ers back, but I would put Latavius Murray and Zach Evans kind of like one, a one B is, is your best bets for this week. I think Murray's a safer bet for touches. I think you know Evans has the upside to you know easily lead his backfield and touches, which which you know Latavius Murray obviously doesn't. Michael Mayer getting out of the backfield is not in a changing situation like other of these guys. He's just somebody who's gotten more usage, and especially this past week. So the rookie had one catch through four games, two catches, and then five the past two games. So Jared, are we 
overreacting to his first good week of the season by considering him a waiver pickup for week seven? No, I don't think so because we saw the, the playing time change as well. Mayer had not ran more routes than Austin Hooper in a game prior to last week. And then last week, it wasn't even close. Mayer was up to a 67% route rate. Again, easily a season high, season high, six targets, season high, five catches. And then, you know, this isn't some nobody. This is a, a rookie that a lot of people were excited about. Got second round draft cap, was uber productive at Notre Dame. And there's obviously room in this Vegas passing game for you know Mayer to you know kind of become the at least the clear number three option, right? I mean, you have Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers is off to a really good season, has been seeing strong volume. But I think Mayer is the favorite the rest of the way to, to you know be number three on the Raiders and targets. Now it's the Raiders and there's quarterback issues with the Jimmy Garoppolo hurt again. Um, so that kind of you know takes some of the, the shine off Mayer. But I mean, with how weak tight end is, um, you know, unless you have one of those top five or six guys, I think Mayer is definitely worth adding off waiver wires this week. Mayor is a strong prospect, somebody definitely worth betting on still long term. Not only was he productive at Notre Dame, he was like a featured piece of their offense. There was a featured receiver for them. He was drafted a spot after Sam Laporta this year. Here is route rates by week so far. 28 percent week one, 38 and a half percent, 37 percent, 30.6 percent, 44.4 percent, then 67 percent in this last one. So. It has been trending up last week remains an outlier versus everything else. So make sure to keep that in mind when you're deciding just how much to like Michael Mayer this week, that one week dip to 30.6% was also in the last Aiden O'Connell start. So there's a chance that this week we see a lot more blocking from Michael Mayer. If we do have the rookie quarterback starting that said, I agree that Michael Mayer is worth grabbing going forward. If you're in rough shape at tight end and looking for a rest of season option, there's definitely a chance that within the next two to three weeks, Michael Mayer becomes somebody that you can start, you know, not as a top six, but somebody where you're like, I hope that he gives me tight end 10 to 12 numbers weekly going forward. And then obviously you're going to steal a touchdown here or there. Yeah, definitely possible. He works in that range. I'm, I'm with you. I would not want to start him this week. I'd kind of want to see at least last week's you should, you know, re- repeat at least one more time before trusting him. Um, but I, I think it's gonna, you know, I don't think it's something that's going to, you know, dip back down and they're going to, you know, go back to Austin Hooper as their lead pass catching tight end. Joe Burrow and others are on by Justin Fields just got hurt. Jared, lots of people probably need to stream quarterbacks this week. Who do you like as a streaming QB for week seven? I'd start with Brock Purdy. Like if you're worried about him coming off the ugly game in Cleveland, I, I wouldn't be worried. Um, we'll obviously see about McCaffrey and we'll see about Debo Samuel. If both those guys are out, Purdy would take a hit. But you know, even even without those two, I think Purdy would probably be the best streaming option this week. You know, he gets gets the Vikings on Monday night. Don't have to worry about weather in that one. It's in Minnesota. The 49ers have a 25.25 point implied total. So, you know, the, the odds makers obviously aren't worried about this Niners offense going forward. Then among guys who are more widely available on waivers, I think Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr are not really separated by a whole lot in terms of streaming options. They're both more of the won't kill you than the will help you option. But, you know, that might very well be what you're looking for this week. I would lean toward Baker because he gets a pass funnel Atlanta defense that ranks 29th in pass DVOA so far. Um, And like I said, he's been solid. He's got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on his side. He is, his team is implied for uh, 0.75 fewer points than the Saints are. But, you know, the matchup is tougher for Derek Carr, gets a Jaguars D that's eighth in overall DVOA, 10th against the pass. So, you know, like I said at first, not a whole lot separating these two, but I would lean Baker Mayfield over Derek Carr if you're choosing. Yep, I'm with you there. Sam Howell, does he still qualify? I think he's still available in over half of leagues on sleeper. I mean, he just keeps pumping out 
top 13 fantasy weeks, five of six now, and gets the Giants. The Giants' D has been better lately. I mean, we all saw it on in primetime against Buffalo. Even before that, I mean, they picked off Tua a couple times in the Dolphins game. They uh, didn't allow Geno Smith to do much in that uh, game three weeks ago. But it's I think it's still a good matchup for Sam Howell. And again, he just, he just keeps um, scoring fantasy points. Yeah, I think Brock Purdy and Sam Howell are guys that should just be rostered as, you know, weekly platoon options in in most leagues. You can sort by the week seven projections or by our adjusted fantasy points allowed in the free agent finder to see exactly who is the best option available in your league. And there are many other sorting options as well. Of course, the free agent finder syncs directly with your league. You can update rosters to see exactly who is available to you, compare players, buy projections for this week or the rest of the season, highlight your best options, save yourself really hours of waiver wire combing every week. The more teams you have, the more time you're saving by using the free agent finder. So become a DS insider, take full advantage of that tool. Jared, let's wrap this up with a streaming defense. We mentioned last week, Cleveland, and that's just a different one than any other option because the Browns are not simply a weekly option. That's a defense that you should hold the rest of the way if they're available or if you have them currently and you can start them just about every week going forward, especially after they had a good performance against San Francisco in week six, what else do you like among streaming defenses? Yeah, it looks uh, a little better than we thought it was going to last week to me, at least I think Seattle and Tampa Bay are your two safest options just because they're quality or at least, you know, decent defenses, Seattle, Home for Arizona, good matchup. Tampa Bay, as you said, home for Atlanta, pretty solid matchup. You kind of got, got to hope that the Bucks force Desmond Render to, to throw it enough. Um, that's kind of that's what you need out of the Bucks defense. Getting uh, a little grosser, I think. You know, Vegas against Tyson Badgett. I know it's not a good defense, but it's it's Tyson Badgett. There's upside there. And then, man, this this uh, Commanders Giants game. You don't trust either defense, but these offenses are 32nd and 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to defenses so you know there's upside to both those d's even if they're they're not good yeah and if i'm choosing there give me the washington defense against tarod taylor as opposed to the giants against washington which is eminently sackable but can also score points so there's some downside risk there i'll also throw out the rams at home against kenny pickett because it's kenny pickett you can check our week seven rankings or your free agent finder to see more options on defense or any other position that you need to pick up this week and of course like i said Become a DS Insider to take full advantage of all the content and tools that are ready and waiting to help you win your season.